You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday We've got a very fun summer league game to recap for your New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, you got to see the three other rookies for the Pels make their summer league's debuts. And boy, they did not disappoint whatsoever. Hell, Jackson Hayes basically killed a man while he was out there. I don't even know that dude's name. I don't even care to know that dude's name. That dude hopes no one else knows his name. And he can just go through life anonymously and not the dude that Jackson Hayes dunked over and got a knee to the guy's head how high he jumped so we're going to recap that game we're going to talk about what we saw from those guys i'm going to see if that goes for two or three segments do not know then we'll talk about jeff bizdelic maybe the pelicans hiring him to replace darren ehrman we'll see but i'll give you the rundown on him as an assistant coach and why it is a great hire if it happens for your new orleans pelicans so let's dive into everything today in today's edition of locked on pels so Monday night marked the summer league debuts of Jackson Hayes, Nikhail Alexander-Walker, and Marcos Luzada-Silva, Didi Silva, but he goes by Luzada on the back of his jersey, and it was a 109-72 win for the New Orleans Pelicans. No Zion Williamson, no uh, Christian Wood still, uh, no Frank Jackson either, but they didn't need him. If you watch this game whatsoever, New Orleans basically came out and played unbelievably well. Shooting well from the field, shooting well from three, getting to the line a good bit, and just being a very energetic team. And you could see that all of the three other rookies for New Orleans were really trying to make up for lost time. So we can start with Jackson Hayes, who in 20 minutes of action put up 28 points, was 10 of 15 from the field, 8 of 14 from the line, along with four rebounds. He also had three blocks. The downside might be the five personal fouls, but hey, whatever. We don't talk about that. So he was just flat out awesome and had a stretch in between the first and second quarters, basically, where he just dominated on both ends. Started where he blocked a shot um, of one of the, I'm, I'm not sure of the names of so many of the Bulls players in this, uh, one of their shots on uh, the, uh, near the rim as the help defender and did it with his damn elbow. That's how high up this guy got. Dude's got some serious athleticism and some hops. I was high on him. I drafted him in our Locked On NBA mock draft and praised it when the Pelicans drafted him eighth overall. He's still raw, kind of, but he's got more potential, I think, to contribute sooner rather than later than people realize. So this was a big game for him. So defensively, he was flying around trying to get blocks just elevating, but offensively, it was the footwork being a little bit better than we thought, but the dunkability, which is really the only way to say it, and he had that one in the second quarter where he straight up killed a guy. That's like the only way to say it. Like, we're joking, obviously. No one was murdered on the court. But, oh my God, that's your initial reaction. Like, he shouldn't be playing in Summer League anymore because he's a murderer. That's what happened. So, he's 
got the ball. He's cutting down after a great pass from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and we'll talk about him in a minute. And he just jumps on the edge of the paint, like the outside line, gets up. The Bulls defender slides over to try and take the charge, is outside the restricted area, uh, but was clearly moving, gets contact with Jackson Hayes, who's still a good ways away from the basket, but he's so high up, he's so long, his arms and the reach there, the wingspan is tremendous, and he still dunks it. And it was insane. He also got the call and went to the line. Really cool moment to see for the rookie right there. He was very impressive in his summer league debut. That energy, that flying aroundness, whatever you want to call it, is exactly what you want to see from some of these guys. Just high energy, high impact rookies. And it was pretty awesome uh, to see the type of things that he did there out on the court. Seriously, he was just unbelievable. He works well off ball too. The, The movement is there. You know, when he got that pass that led to the dunk, it was off ball movement. Not a horrible thing. You know, the rebounding should be a little bit better. He wasn't the best rebounder there in his lone season at Texas either. Uh, But the motor's there. He's going to be running around. And if he can get to the line, that's even better because, again, we don't think he's a finished offensive product. And I don't know if he's going to have this kind of game against non-summer league players. But if you can get the line, that's easy offense, and that can definitely keep you out on the court for this team. So that was big to see him be able to get over there and convert at a pretty decent rate overall, going 8 of 14. So overall, you've got to like what you saw. His career high at Texas was 19 points. He put up 28 in this game. Pretty cool to see. And yeah, the blocks are there defensively. He's going to be a rim running big. Uh, he's just overall going to be a rim running big. Simple as that. He was great. There's not much more you can say. Go see the replay of that dunk if you haven't already because it was just absolutely awesome. Next, let's look at Didi Silva. And this is a guy who we know is playing in Australia next season, but getting some run here with the Pelicans in Summer League and getting a jump on his development. Doesn't speak perfect English just yet, and he's going to really be working on that while in Australia. And Trajan Langdon at the introduction for all of these guys said, shouldn't really matter. They're all smart basketball players. And when you just get out on the court, if you're a smart guy, you get kind of into the flow of things and can, can figure it all out. Didi Silva did that. He was pretty impressive in 25 minutes of action. Not as impressive as Hayes, let's say. But he put up 13 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, along with 2 steals and 2 blocks. This guy who was playing on the wing for the Pelicans in this game and did well. 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from deep. He's going to be a 3 and D type of guy whose ceiling is probably a better version of Josh Hart. Has been kind of what it's been said for people who really watched him last year. It's pretty good. Overall, he's just giving you across-the-board production, a nice rotation piece. You know, his shot looks pretty clean. That should translate over. I think you saw enough defense from him. And again, it's summer league. Like, I'm sounding excited here because I am excited. Also, I'm trying to rush through the podcast a little bit today because the AC is broken in the house, and I am freaking dying while recording this, so this may be a shorter edition of Locked on Pels. But even though it's Summer League, and take from that what you will, which just means you should be good at Summer League to prove you belong in the NBA, not that you're a good player or like a future star or anything like these guys looked like last night, you should still feel excited for it because they didn't look bad. This is a guy who doesn't speak English and went out and played competent basketball. Overall, 
That is a huge win for the first game that he had here with the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's only going to continue to develop. Very good night from Didi Silva overall, and you've got to be really happy with what you saw from him. So we're going to get to the other guys next before we talk about Jeff Bizdelic and potentially him coming to the New Orleans Pelicans to be an assistant coach. Before we do that, of course, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. No one else coming to you the day after these summer league games, day after the biggest transactions, breaking it all down, talking about all of the topics that you want to hear. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So there were other impressive performances in the Pelicans' summer league win over the Chicago Bulls, notably Nikhail Alexander-Walker, who I don't know if I'm allowed to say this given that Jackson Hayes dunk and the fact that he killed a man. The Pelicans, by the way, have already given it the Jim Ross treatment from the WWE, WWF call, um, if you want to go hear it with that involved too, because that is a lot of fun. I think he might have had a better game than... Jackson Hayes did. I'm going to whisper this so that I don't get yelled at. But he was really impressive in this one. Like, unbelievably so, too. Like, this doesn't look like a dude who was the 17th overall pick. 23 points on the night in 20, 28 minutes of action. 9 of 16 from the field. 3 of 6 from deep. 2 of 3 from the line. Finished with 2 rebounds. 8 freaking assists. 3 steals as well. And 2 blocks. He had five fouls too, but there's the first action in NBA minutes for these guys. That is a hell of a stat line. He showed off everything. You go look at his shot chart. He was living at the rim or from three. He took a number of mid-range shots. Those didn't hit, but he broke out, drives to the rim, the three-point shot. He had an unbelievable mid-range post game with his back to the basket, turning, 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 then hitting a fadeaway like Kobe did. He was good in this one. And then you look at all of the passes that he had, and my God, this is a dude who has a number of passes in his repertoire. And we thought he would be a guy that could come in, hit some shots, keep the ball moving, score you a few points, maybe get to the line, just kind of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Dude looked like a master of everything in the game the other night. Again, it is summer league against the Chicago Bulls team. But he was going up against a guy um, that was drafted much higher than him in Kobe White and at one point just put the clamps on the dude. Kobe White tried to drive on the right side of the the floor and, and Nikhail Alexander-Walker stayed with him. And then as he closed in on the basket, he just gobbled him up. Just, it completely engulfed the dude. It took the ball away from him. It was impressive to see. That level of defense against a higher lottery pick, even though he did it one or two times get cooked by him, was overall a very good thing to see. This is a guy that we wondered if he would crack the Pelicans rotation to start the year. You keep up performances like that, he'll get some minutes. I don't know to what degree. I don't know what degree for all of these guys. Again, it is summer league. I'm going to keep throwing that out there to temper some of the excitement. If they don't play like this on opening night, totally okay. But his shot looked good. He can create his own shot, more importantly, and he can create the shots for others. That dunk that Jackson Hayes had came from Alexander Walker. There were a number of other passes that he had that just, wow. One thing you'd maybe like to see a little bit more touch on some of those passes, he fires them in there. Didi Silva had one, too, where he just flung it in there. That one was good. And the passing lanes were open because there were a number of shooters out on the court. 
but at times you've got to know to not throw one too hard. Luckily, you have a guy like Jackson Hayes who just has unbelievable hands. They're like, damn, mitts is probably the best word to describe him in. They're soft and just corrals everything, not like stone-handed Omer Oshik. But Alexander Walker looked good. Just, again, wow is kind of all you say to this. So another guy that we do want to mention that I didn't think I'd be talking about in a positive way here is Tony Carr. Pelican's second-round draft pick from last year. 13 points on the night, three assists from him, two rebounds as well. Did that in 13 minutes of action. Was 2-5 from deep. He didn't look good in the opening game, the second game either. He didn't look good in last year's summer league. He needed a moment like this. Probably a little too late for him, though. Um, Cavell Bigby-Williams, who we talked about yesterday, and I got asked a bunch on the radio. More limited minutes in this one because of a guy like um, Jackson Hayes getting most of the run down low. 17 minutes of action. He was 2 of 5 from deep. 7 points. Um, but did it? Um, no, sorry. There we go. I have the wrong numbers in front of me. He's two of three in nine, in 20 minutes of action. One of two from the field, four, six rebounds, um, and five points. So much more of a quiet night from him. Maybe a two-way guy, maybe not. I'm really not sure. But he's probably shown enough in Summer League to get a training camp invite to the Pelicans. But maybe he wants to take a training camp invite to another team if they offer that to him. Because I think he doesn't really have a chance of making this roster whatsoever. Particularly with Jackson Hayes looking even more impressive than we were expecting in last night's game. Uh, Trevon Blewett, 2 of 5, 1 of 4 from deep. He came back down to earth after a big explosion against the Washington Wizards. 7 points. I will see. I think the Pelicans want to keep this second two-way contract open so I don't know if he's necessarily going to be back with the team as well and then the finally the guy we do want to mention was Kenrich Williams who's kind of the leader of the team in this game 21 and a half minutes worth of action eight points 13 rebounds three assists two blocks one of three from deep basically just kind of did what he normally does that stats across the board whatever role you need him to fill on that exact possession he can do it you need someone who can grab a board he can go and get it keeps the ball moving it was okay to hit a shot or two overall looked pretty good and really did look like a veteran presence out there for the team only one personal foul for him which is noticeable when you see all these other young guys kind of getting into some foul trouble so good job by Kenrich Williams in the game last night as well so before we get to the coaching staff news, don't forget again, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You want to know what's going on with this team, and it is a lot of fun right now to be following them. So wherever you get your podcast from, hit that subscribe button and make sure you get the latest edition of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So I know everyone's hyped after that summer league game, but there's also some other Pelicans news in the works. The first being that, as we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Darren Ehrman is going to be out from the New Orleans Pelicans, no longer on the bench. And it sounds like there might already be a replacement lined up. Jeff Bizdelic, formerly of the Houston Rockets, has been hanging around Alvin Gentry during summer league. And, well, it sounds like, according to Mark Stein of the New York Times, that yeah, they've extended him the offer to be an assistant coach here in New Orleans, primarily focusing on the defense. Scott Kushner had this a little bit earlier um, in the week talking about it, saying that, yeah, that was probably the front runner. And when you see him palling around with um, Alvin Gentry at Vegas, yeah, makes a lot of sense that this would be the case. This would be a good hire. 
say what you want about Ehrman, whether he's good or bad, a good coach or a bad coach. And I've heard stories that go both ways, to be honest. You know, the defense didn't really ever come together over the course of a whole season. Two years ago, when you had Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis make the all-defensive team, well, they still weren't good. But after DeMarcus Cousins did go down, they rode a lot of that defense to a playoff berth. So when it counted, he did get the most out of them. And frankly, with a lot of the athletes you have on there, the switching scheme that they like to do makes a lot of sense. Would make a lot more sense now with some of the athletes that New Orleans does. And we'll see if that changes or doesn't. But Jeff Bizdelic is a known commodity. He's been with the Houston Rockets the past three years now. Retired once and basically they begged him to come back and really helped turn that defense around. Houston, despite what you might think, has actually been pretty all right defensively. Not necessarily elite, though two years ago they finished the as the sixth ranked defense according to basketball reference, which I'm using here just for ease of pulling things up. And it changes depending on where you look. But they were the sixth best defense. And before that, this guy was with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, where he's been kind of, you know, their defensive coordinator during a chunk of that grit and grind era. So this is a team that has, uh, or he's a guy that really could make a big difference. And the turnaround that he did with Houston is rather remarkable. And his scheme over in Houston is a switching scheme, pretty similar to what the Pelicans do. Basically, well, yeah, if there's a screen, you're going to go with the new guy, and then eventually you'll try and find a teammate that's more appropriate to guard that guy, and then you switch back again, or you pre-switch in the beginning knowing an action is going to be coming, and Bizdelic, who's worked as a scout for a number of years before really being an on-the-bench assistant coach, has a lot of experience doing that, and supposedly he watches four games of film before he goes to bed every night to really scout out and install individual game plans for opponents so that they can really do the right thing. It takes smart players to run this scheme and this system. And that's a big question. You've got Drew Holiday, you've got Lonzo Ball, capable defenders there, but the other guys are going to be young and it's going to take some time for them really to adapt. So if he is hired and does take the job, the defense may not improve that much the first year, but getting these principles in and getting a guy who's effectively communicated these principles to a lot of players, I think is a really important thing. Even though he's a little bit older maybe and isn't going to be around for five, 10 years as an assistant, maybe it's something that he can set the good foundation for and these guys can build off of and I think that's maybe what the Pelicans are looking to do so this is a guy who makes a lot of sense again needs smart basketball players but all of the guys seemingly that they've drafted do have that intelligence and if you instill the right principles they might struggle at first but this is a guy who can probably get through to them in the beginning of their career set them up for a lot of future success Something also to keep in mind that Houston, while they don't run a very similar system offensively to New Orleans, does take a lot of early threes. If you get that early three, they're going to rip it. Something that New Orleans also wants to do, whether that three is in transition or just early on in the shot clock. That means you need to get back and defend, and we've seen the Pelicans at times unable to do that. Either guys don't get back or they don't know who they're supposed to match up against when a team's running the fast break against them. All of a sudden now, you've got a coach who's been in a system like that before and helped Houston really figure that out. They took the most threes. We know this. We know how they play. 
And now you're going to get a guy who helped coach how to defend after you take those shots. There's a lot of value to be had with that, I think. So overall, this seems like it would be a no-brainer hire. And, you know, you figure he would still be in Houston if it wasn't for Tillman Fertitta, their new owner, really trying to cut some costs, it looked like. And he was just kind of one of the casualties of that. Or maybe they were trying to get Mark D'Antoni to quit and so they fired and got rid of his favorite assistants, Bizdelic being one of them. So we'll see if he ends up signing on with the Pelicans. But yeah, Jeff Bizdelic would be a good hire, probably not a cheap hire either. So good for New Orleans for making a play for one of the best that's out there. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.